Welcome to the Best of Me podcast. Hey, I'm Angela, a wife, a mom, an entrepreneur. I help moms find their passions, figure out their goals, and follow their dreams. Every person has a different story of where they've been, where they are, and where they're going. I will share my story of how I learned to be the best of me, and I will bring on guests to share their expertise. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have some fun along the way. Okay, so welcome to the Best of You podcast. I'm excited. Today we have a special guest, Lori Gray, who is a life coach and an author. Um, And she has a lot of experience working with women specializing with chronic illness, trauma, unhealthy relationships. And um, has an interesting story herself about being bedbound for several years. So welcome. Thank you for being here. And can you tell me about your story and a little more about you? Absolutely. I'm super excited to be here. Um, okay, story. We could say mm-hmm. a lot with all of that. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a lot. So uh, yeah, I'm like, which part? Um, but yeah, so I, I, I do have kind of... Um, a dramatic chronic illness story where um, in the middle of my second pregnancy, this was like late 09, um, ended up bed bound um, in a wheelchair. turns out I had this genetic condition um, that's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome that affects my connective tissue. Um, I didn't know that I had it until that point, but whenever it showed up, it showed up really strongly. And basically what happened was my um, my joints wouldn't hold together. So like I'm pregnant and my, my pelvis won't stay together. So ended up totally bed bound for a year, um, really long journey. Um, all of that was, was really, was really rough, but kind of where we got to, I got to a place where everything was incredibly difficult. And the doctors were telling me, Hey, this is permanent and degenerative. You're going to get worse and not better. And at that point I'm, I'm disabled. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm non-functional. I'm in level eight out of 10 pain. I can't do anything in my life. And they say, it's going to get worse. And I remember having a moment of like, how, I don't understand what worse could look like. This is so, this is so bad. But um, anybody who meets me knows I'm a little stubborn. Like we could call it tenacity or we can call it stubborn. Um, But I just kind of had a, is, is there really nothing out there? And I think I just committed to not giving up on trying anything and everything that I could. So I went through this journey of trying anything and everything I could to get better. And some of it was obvious. Some of it had to do with things that were related to my physical body. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at what does it look like to strengthen connective tissue? How do we look at that through diet and hydration and supplements and physical therapy and movement and, and stuff that made sense to my brain. Um, but then it starts a rabbit trail of understanding, oh, stress impacts that. Oh, emotions impact that. Oh, some of that comes from trauma. Oh, that's impacted by my narrative. Oh, that's impacted by this. And it was one of those things where once I sort of started down the rabbit hole of healing, there were so many aspects to it. Mm -hmm. And so as I did this work for myself of really examining all these different areas of my life and moving towards healing and wholeness, um, I came out the other side with, um, a lot of information and experience. And so I had people starting to call me and ask for help. Hey, I'm dealing with this. Can you help with this? Hey, can I give my friend your number? Hey, can I give, can you speak at this event? Hey, can you do this thing? And it was just this really natural transition of moving into work as a coach and as an author and as a speaker. 
And it's been really cool. I've been able to take this part of my life that was really difficult and what I learned as I healed and have been able to use all of that as a tool to help other people. And now I get to do it full-time. Like now I get to be a a full-time coach. I work with a variety of people who are really cool. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's all, it was all born out of this like really, really difficult period of my life. Yeah. It's crazy how sometimes those hard things kind of happen for somewhat of a reason or like it does help other people. And it's hard to see that when you're, especially when you're in the middle of it, but. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, In the middle of it. I'm like. I didn't, I didn't like talking about it when I was in the yeah. middle of it. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. In the middle of it. After. Yeah. Now I don't mind talking about it at all because I'm so far out the other side. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of it, when people are like, gosh, there's probably a higher purpose to this. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. No, yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, this is going to make you stronger. I'm like, I don't feel stronger. I feel tired. <laughs> Quit it. Yes. Like, you know, it. and some of those perspectives of like, now I can look back and I can see how, those things are helping me or how those things are now tools and avenues and ways that I can connect with people and help them normalize their experiences and help them move forward in their life. But yeah, at the time it just felt hard and I just wanted it over. (laughs) I know it's how it's funny how that works. I think everybody can maybe not relate to such a drastic story, but can relate to that. The middle of that hard times it's, it's, you don't want to hear anything. <laughs> you just want to get through it. Right. But, but I mean, I think that's, you know, that's one of the things I talk to my clients about. I'm like, Hey, like, we're not always ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think we have to push ourselves to be ready to hear something that we're not ready to hear. Cause there yeah. are things that I can consider now that resonate that at the time I, I just, I wasn't there. Like, and I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think of like, Oh, here's this truth. We really do go through these things in, in seasons and, or like Mm -hmm. in stages. And there were times when I just needed to be mad and I needed to be given permission and encouragement to just be as mad as I needed to be before Mm -hmm. I could go on to consider, is there anything here to be grateful for, but trying to force myself to be grateful Mm-hmm. whenever I really needed, when I really needed to be in a season of being mad, wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't helping me. So yeah. there are things now where I'm like, oh, okay, now I can see, now I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this growth. But in the moment if somebody had been, if somebody had said like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you should be grateful for this growth or aren't you grateful for this growth mm-hmm. growth? I probably would have wanted to throat punch them because no, oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. like, I was yeah. barely surviving and life was so hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's great that you can tell your story now for people that are in the middle of that, you know, that don't want to hear it. And maybe you don't, and you know, probably know how to say it in a way without, oh, this is for the better good. Or, this is <laughs> yes, for... I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't always know what to say, but I do know what not to not... say. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. I have experiences of that in my life too. <laughs> so um to segue, um, like, you know, this podcast is really for the moms, for the women out there, uh, moms that have children that are older or about ready to get out of the house and mm. really are um, kind of transitioning um, from, you know, I don't want to say motherhood, but, you know, the hands-on motherhood to a different kind of role and really for the first time in a, in a long time, or maybe even forever, really trying to figure out who they are and 
what they want to do with their lives and um, kind of like, like really thinking about what their dreams are, the, yes. the lives that they want to live. And, um, it's, and I'm really like, I'm in the middle of that stage. I'm kind of like, I've been working on that the last couple of years. Um, and my kid, I have two kids out of the house. It's been really hard and challenging in itself. Um, because you still want to be their mother, but you have to step away a little bit, let them make their grown up decisions. And then I have, um, two, um, um, teenager, um, boys still at home. And I know that it's going by really quickly. So I've been really like at this spot and myself, like trying to like, what is my, what is my new purpose? And, um, Mm. and, um, because for so long I put, and I still do, but everybody else ahead of me and I, I was no regret or no anything like that. But now it's like, what do you do with all your extra time and your life and put that into it? And so um, one of the big things that um, just trying to do anything new and anything different, I really do think that mindset is kind of like a big factor to all that. And so um, in if so, so someone is starting ready to live the life that they dream of, how important to you do you think mindset is and what, um, and how do you get yourself into that right mindset of, you know, kind of changing your behaviors or your life to a different life? That makes sense. (laughs) It does. Oh my gosh. There's so much in there. That There's might be so a whole in podcast in one oh my question. Gosh. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to, I will probably, I'm going to start talking and I'm probably going to get way off track and then bring yeah. you back to whatever, whatever the okay. question is. Okay. So before I answer that question, the, okay. So the fascinating thing is I recently started a podcast with a friend and this topic is like what we've been discussing so much. Okay. Okay. That's so awesome. this, that is I, awesome. <laughs> I don't think I knew that that was exactly what yours was mm-hmm. about, but that's hilarious mm-hmm. that this has been from a completely different context, a huge part of what we've been talking about it. Now we were talking about it in the context of cycle breaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, being stuck in unhealthy patterns and, you know, from people who deal with people pleasing or perfectionism, mm-hmm. right. But, um, when we live our lives for other people and mm-hmm. how hard that makes it to connect with our dreams and our wants and our desires. Yes. Um, okay. So, you know, one of the things that we, you know, that we were talking about was that the interesting thing about, I think some of this does come down to self-trust and like inner knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we are taught as a society to not trust ourselves. We're taught that people outside of us know the answers that we need to mm-hmm. look to people outside of us to find the answers. And so on the one hand, there's, I think this really, really deep work of cultivating self-trust and self-knowing that's so deep and can be an aspect of breaking out of longstanding patterns and breaking cycles that have been around in our families for generations. There's that. And then there's also this surface level aspect of some of us don't have a clue what we want because we've never thought about it. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that the ability to know, even just to know what we enjoy Mm -hmm. 
if we're people, if we look at our lives and we, we realize, because when, when people come to me and they say like, oh my gosh, but I just, I, I don't know who I am. I don't know what mm-hmm. I like. I don't know what I enjoy. I don't know what's next for me. And I don't know all these things. And they present it to me in the context of this is my problem. Mm-hmm. A question I often ask is, okay, like how much time have you put towards figuring those things out? Yes. And usually the answer is almost none. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we've done something wrong. It just means that we can't be expected to be good at something that we've never practiced. Mm -hmm. And like, now we understand that, like, you know, if, if it was like, okay, I'm going to learn to make quilts. Mm-hmm. Like we recognize I've never made quilts. I've never done any of this work. I'm going to have to learn and be a beginner and figure it out. But then somehow when it comes to things like trusting myself, knowing what I want, understanding my purpose, knowing what I like, we think that we're just supposed to know those. And if we don't yes. know them, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself, uh, I found myself very much, um, actually last year I, you know, um, have worked, um, outside the house and like uh, like we my husband and I have some businesses and stuff so I have worked outside of the house with those businesses and um and then we sold a business and I continued to work there for a short period of time and then I like quit that job after mm-hmm. my time was up and I came home and I like and I was I, and I did not really at the end really like working there anymore it wasn't like who I really was. It was just kind of a need. And I came home and I just, and what I say is I just felt very paralyzed. I like, I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do, where I was. Like, I didn't know any of that because I've been for so long, you know, doing these, these businesses with my husband and on top of that, being a mom. And those were my, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't even know if I liked yoga or meditation, none of that stuff, you know, and so I was very like paralyzed for m- months. And then I really just realized that I just need to start doing something and then realize yes. if I like it or not, just like, okay, I'll start yoga. Nope. Don't really like it. <laughs> you know, just, yes. you know, just kind of going to the new thing. And that's kind of why I kind of then started this podcast is really like, let's find out what you do like, what you want to like to live the life that you want to, to figure out who you are instead of just taking care of these little humans that finally got big. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love this. And it's so true. And the idea, you know, speaking of mindset, the idea that we should know what we like is, is a thing that doesn't, that doesn't make sense because most things like we can have some sense of like, these are things that I know about myself and we can bring those to the table and help us make, an educated guess. We'll say that like based on what I know of myself from my past, this can give me some direction in the things I'm going to try. But for the most part, there are going to be many things we are not going to know if we like it until we just go do it and to give ourselves permission to try that. And this is with mindset. It's like, it's like, what's the part two to the statement? If the statement is, I don't know what I like. Mm -hmm okay, it was like, I don't know what I like. And that's a problem. And that means something's wrong with me. Or if it's like, I don't know what I like. And I'm gonna go try a bunch of stuff till I figure it out. Like, yes, the not knowing isn't the problem. Mm -hmm. The meaning that we give it is when it hurts. And when we Mm -hmm. think that the fact that we don't know means something that's something's gone terribly wrong, Mm -hmm. um, or that we have to know it all of a sudden. Like, 
I, you know, I feel like because of so much of that, so much of what has happened in my life, I lived my life so much as like a, a pleaser, like a people pleaser. And it didn't look exactly the way that I thought it was, but like perfectionism and hyperachievement. And I didn't know what I liked because I found enjoyment simply in doing a good job. Like if I did something and it made somebody happy, if I did something and I did well, if I did something and honestly just marking things off a list, I'm one of those people like, give me a list of 20 things, even if I hate them, if I mark them off, there's a, there's a certain innate pleasure in simply just getting the thing done to the point that I didn't really know what I liked outside of just enjoying getting things done. Like I used to think I liked baking and like Mm -hmm. cooking. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Um, I like having things baked and mm-hmm. I like that it makes my family happy. And occasionally I get in the mood, but I'm like, I liked it because of how it made other people, because I liked it because other people enjoyed it. And I liked yeah. feeling like I accomplished something or I liked it because that felt like that made me a good mom. I didn't actually love it for itself. Mm-hmm. And getting in there and sorting all of that out has been a process But I think the big shift for me was whenever I switched it from this is this thing that I have to figure out in a way that was very Mm -hmm. destination-based. And again, the idea that if I don't know it right now, that that somehow is a problem. And I shifted to, like, I think that for our entire lives, we are going to be constantly understanding ourselves at a deeper level. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it ends. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what if, what if I could just reframe this as this ongoing process of revealing my true self, this ongoing process of an ever deepening knowing that's Mm -hmm. never going to stop, but Mm -hmm. that each layer is going to enrich my life where I can look forward to the process without despising where I am today. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that. Yeah. So that shift has been really helpful because I'm like, and then I discover something. I'm like, oh, I love that I discovered that. Mm -hmm. But then there's also stuff where I'm like, I don't know these things. And it's just the things that I don't know don't feel like a problem to me anymore. Yes. That's, that's really good. I was, um, the one thing I did when I came home and was paralyzed, I started reading, which I'm not really a a big reader, but it Mm -hmm. really has changed my life. Um, reading more like nonfiction, um, self-help type books. Um, but I was reading a lot of books on finding your purpose and like that type of stuff. And, and one thing, and I can't remember what book it was from now and, or the author, but one point of it was that they're like, you know, your purpose could change. I always, I don't know. I've always kind of thought that, you know, like I was always jealous for the people that like, they seem to be born with what they're going to do if it's they're going to be a singer or they're going to be a doctor or whatever it is that they like mm-hmm. knew from a very little age and I was like well we're, I don't know I don't know what I'm doing um and um and when when I read that when he's like you know every year he will sit down and is like really think about like what his goals and his purpose are moving forward and he would really focus on those things and he may change them on a yearly basis. And I'm like, in the moment that I read that, I was like, well, and so in a year, if my purpose changed, that's fine. You know, it was like, it, it made it okay. It made it okay that I was in this place that I wasn't sure. 
And that if I changed my mind in six months, then I changed my mind in six months. I, for some reason, was thinking that there is this one thing that I was born with and I just couldn't figure out what it was. But I don't think right. that's the case. I think that you're, it's ever changing. I agree. Yeah. And that idea of like, it's supposed to be this way and I don't have it and therefore I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Anytime, you know, something is presented to us as this is the right way. And then whenever we don't fit into that box, our assumption is we, there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That always makes it really painful. Okay. So as a coach, whenever I first started coaching, um, okay. So I would say the way that I coach now does not fit into the most traditional box version of what life coaches do. Mm-hmm. And mostly because it didn't resonate with me. Um, mm-hmm. whenever I was looking at, okay, you know, I forget what the the main body is like life coaching Institute, something like, oh, who yes, are like yes. here, here's, here's the formula. And the very first thing was, okay, when you have a new client, the first thing you need to do is like life purpose work. You need to make sure that like you're, they're clear on their life purpose so that we can go forward. I'm like, how am I supposed to help somebody with that? I don't know what my life purpose is. Yeah. I still don't know what my life purpose is. I don't resonate with that work. And I'm like, talk about pressure from the get-go. And and even just presenting it that way of like, here's the very first work you do is figure out the life purpose as like this undercurrent of that we all should know this, or this is important, or this is valuable, or this is whatever it is. Um, It did not resonate for me. It felt so heavy. It felt so boxed in. And I still do not, I still do not resonate with having a life purpose statement for me. Like I'm not against it. Like people who have it, Mm -hmm. I see how it benefits them, but Mm -hmm. I shifted away from like, I need to know my life purpose to can I live in such a way that is purposeful? Ooh, like, yeah, that's good. can I be intentional? And that's a thing that can happen for a moment, for a minute, for a day. Mm-hmm. You know, can I be intentional about what I'm doing? And for me, that simply means that like, I'm an active participant in creating the future that I'm moving towards, which for me is actually much less about the Um, the externals and the circumstances and more about who I'm becoming. And can I do that in this way that is intentional as opposed to being a person that's just reactive that watches life come at me. Mm -hmm. But that's all I ask of myself. Like I only ask of myself that I'm, that I am being a co-creator of my future and that I'm being intentional with that. And that I am most of the time being purposeful about my life. I don't think any of us can be purposeful every single minute. Like, Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah. guys, we need days and weeks. Like we need times when we check out. Like I have yeah. times whenever I, yeah. when I check out and I'm like, yeah, we're just kind of meandering right now. It's a season. It's fine. But yeah, but all that to say the, the life purpose work, it never resonated for me, even though mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, that's what it's built on. But mm-hmm. any tool, any tool, any personal development tool, any of these things, if we set it up as the standard of how it's supposed to be. And we use that as a replacement for our own inner knowing. And then when like the tool doesn't work and we make ourselves wrong or bad for it, that's when those tools become not helpful. And this is what I teach my people. I'm like, guys, tools Mm -hmm. versus weapons. Okay. So a hammer, right. Is a tool and it's meant to hammer nails, Mm -hmm. but can you turn that against another person or yourself and do a lot of damage? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. 
And so you know, kind of what I'm hearing from you is the same thing that I hear from a lot of people, whether it's life purpose work or it's meditation or it's whatnot. It's a tool that's meant to serve us. And then we take that tool and we turn it into a weapon mm-hmm. and we use it against ourselves in a way that's painful and hurtful. And committing to not doing that, committing to sometimes there's nothing wrong with the tool and there's nothing wrong with us. Sometimes it's not the right season. It's not the right fit. It's not the thing for us. Mm-hmm. But this has been an ongoing work for me and for my clients is realizing how often we take a personal development tool and use as replacement as a replacement for our own internal compass. And um, and a little bit off that is I've always felt like all these tools or these personal development tools or whatever it's also not you know right for every person and and I think a lot of times people or you see things or you read it in a book and which I really think you should learn about these things and you should see what's out there and I think it's knowledge is a good key but I also believe that sometimes um you know it's like set in stone where I don't think that everything is set in stone for everybody Absolutely. Every person, every every bit, everybody has a different past and uh, um, and a different story they're currently in. That not everybody should be doing whatever that tool is, and um, or it's healthy for them, like you said. Um, I like the analogy to it as a weapon. So yes. it's interesting. I haven't heard that, but um, and so you know, I think the best thing is that even like listening to this podcast and. Um, you know, there's a lot of great information, but taking that information and seeing what it right, what is right for you and learning more about those things. And that's kind of what I'm passionate about is like, you know, no meditation might not be for everybody, but it could be very helpful for some people at some points in their lives. And, and I've seen people do it. I've never been able to like sit still long enough to do it, but, um, the, uh, some people like, will swear by it because it has changed your life so much and but it's okay if it doesn't work for you and I think a lot of people um kind of like what's wrong with me <laughs> what's, exactly. I, mean, I don't know what's wrong with me it's not working I'm not doing it right but it might not just be what you need you might need to do mm-hmm. jazzercise or something <laughs> exactly right and sometimes it's you know and that's you know one of those places where we can go to you know looking at mindsets and looking at our patterns and looking at the lenses that we view the world through, because I've had a lot of people, you know, say they tried meditation or mindfulness and like, oh, well, it didn't work. I'm bad at it. And I'm like, and a lot of times what I do is I stop there. I'm like, how do you think it's supposed to work? Mm. Because when we have this idea, like where we're already pre-programmed to assume that we're the problem, Mm -hmm. we do tend to think there are problems where they're not. I'm like, well, what do you think it's supposed to look like? They're like, well, I think, you know, you sit there and like your mind is blank. I'm like, not mine. No, like that's, Mm -hmm. and the truth is that's actually not how mindfulness works. Um, So one of the things I teach, you know, I mentioned that I I offer whole brain coaching. So I I love neuroscience um, and it's very, it's very down to earth. Like we don't get crazy sciencey, but I think really understanding how the human brain works is, is really helpful. Um, so one of the principles that I teach people is about neuroplasticity, which is that the brain is not set. It changes, it grows. And 
really the brain gets better at what we practice. So Mm -hmm. anything that we do a lot, the brain gets better at, and it takes time to train it to do something different, but we can, and that's the beauty of it. Like with mindset that there can be a thing that we've thought our entire life and we can learn to think something else. It just doesn't happen in three days. It doesn't, it doesn't happen because we went, read one inspirational post or we went, had like one weekend conference where we heard this thing. It's a very, um, meticulous, like consistent process of wiring new things into the brain. And so with meditation, the interesting thing is, is the benefit comes when your, when your mind wanders and then you consciously bring it back to the breath. Each time a person does that, that's like a rep. Like if you think about like lifting weights, because Mm -hmm. what you're, what we're wanting to do is to train the brain to come to the present moment. So if you showed up and your brain stayed present, you wouldn't build the muscle at all. Oh, okay. Each time it comes back, because what we're doing is like, okay, my brain wandered. I want to come back to the present. It wandered. It went back to the present. So if I do a meditation session and I'm like, cool, my brain wandered, you know, 45 times, that's like 45 reps of training my brain to do this thing where we can present. And when you learn from, you know, people who teach about meditation, that it's a thing that they teach, like that information is there. And that's where there are. But when we have a preconceived idea that, or it's like, well, I just do it wrong, or I'm just bad at this, or I can't learn new things, or whatever it is that we approach it with, it all feels like evidence, right? It's like, well, see, it didn't go right. It's like, nope, actually that went exactly the way that it was supposed to go. Yes. So, so, so there's a balance. There are people for whom meditation is never going to be, it's not going to be exactly the right thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always, I always ask those questions because it's, we all have a story. Mm-hmm. We all have a story and we tend to interpret whatever we're experiencing through that yes. story. And if it's a negative one, there may be things that could work for us that we've predetermined can't. I like, I like that. Um, in my journey, especially in this last year, one of the things that has worked for me is that I do choose to get up earlier than everybody else in my household. And, mm-hmm. um, which is, it, during school time is like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and walk and, um, go for like a two mile walk. And it's just a very peaceful, kind of time and you know tell people that and I can never do it I don't know I can't like just right off the bat it's like I can't do it and I also the other thing I've done for years is I do CrossFit and they're like oh I can never do CrossFit which that's not true because you could do anybody could do CrossFit um you know um it you might just not be good at it you might have to like like do slower, slower reps or less weight or maybe something else until you're ready to get, do that movement. But anybody can do it. But, um, but it's funny that how people just like, nope, I can't do it. Like right off the bat, I, I don't know how you do it. I can never do that. And, it, and it's just, so that's just, uh, that's that mindset that they've just put into their, their head. I couldn't wake up early. I couldn't do CrossFit. So I find that interesting. It is really interesting. Um, yeah, and I think sometimes what we're saying is like, I couldn't do it well from day one, and I'm not willing to mm-hmm. slog through being a beginner. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, everybody is beginning. 
uh, as a beginner mm-hmm. once, you know, and, yeah. um, and, um, even me started this podcast, I've never done anything like this. And, um, and, you know, and hopefully I'll keep going and I'll be looking back in a year or two and like, oh, don't ever listen to those first. Couple don't listen to Absolutely. Oh, don't. Yes. And you like, oh my goodness. And there's, there's so many things. Um, and I need to quit doing it because there are things that like I put into the world years ago and then I go back and I find them and I'm embarrassed of them and I delete them. But okay. like, we need, we need to leave them. We need to leave them because I mean, hopefully, I mean, if you looked back on this two years ago and you hadn't really grown as a person, mm-hmm that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be great. Like, even if you started as like an excellent podcaster, I would still hope that two years from now, right? They're you're like elevated enough. Yeah. Right. But Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but kudos, you know, kudos to you for, for doing it. Um, I remember whenever I first started, um, you know, working my coaching and realizing that, um, I needed to put my face on camera, right. I needed to put my voice in the world. People needed to hear from me and have that Mm -hmm. sense of who I was, Um, And so we, with my husband, we pulled out a camera and decided to record some videos for my website. And we spent, I don't know, maybe an hour trying to capture footage and bless my husband, poor guy. He came (laughs) back and you could tell he was like so nervous, but basically had to tell me none of this footage is usable because you're so tense and you look like you're in pain. Like I was so like, uh, like so freaked out Mm -hmm. to have my face on camera and my voice didn't sound like me. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was so uncomfortable. I was so small. I was so, so rigid. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And I, but the thing is like, I had, I had to start there. Right. And I, and I produced a lot of videos that were garbage. I produced a lot of stuff that was really awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, I recorded podcast episodes and, and, you know, audio clips and put things in the world where I'm like, yeah, don't, don't go back and look at that. This is not an accurate representation. And now that's not the case. Like now you can turn, you know, most of the time, you know, you can turn a video camera on me and I'm, I'm fine. I'm confident we're doing this podcast. Like I don't feel uncomfortable at all. Like this is, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's no big deal, but I had to go through those awkward being a beginner phases to, Mm -hmm. to get to the place where it was comfortable. Like we don't get to have, we don't get to have the confidence up front. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a thing. You have to earn it. (laughs) Um, And And being, being willing to is huge. Um, There's some quote that I'm not going to remember right now, but like, you know, like, you know, when you fail, that's when you're you learn the most, your growth is the most or whatever. And that's kind of the same thing. You just, but you have to do it to, you have to start. (laughs) You (laughs) You have to start. You have to start. And the idea, the, and this was a big shift for me was the understanding of people put like success and failure on opposite sides. Like you succeed Mm -hmm. or you fail. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's almost like we're trying to avoid failing so that we can succeed and really, when you talk to people who are successful, and then, and successful can be in anything, like successful in I learned how to meditate versus mm-hmm. like I made you know a billion dollars. But whatever version of there was a thing that I set out to do and I did it. That's all I mean whenever I say su- mm-hmm. successful. Yeah. yeah. What you learn is that failing is not opposite of success; it's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get to a place of succeeding in anything by failing a whole lot, but if if every time we fail, we see it as bad and we see it as opposite and as a thing that's keeping us from where we're going, 
mm-hmm. we're we're going to dislike it. We're going to avoid it. Yeah. But when I started to understand, I'm like, oh, the place, the way that I get to a place where I'm successful is by failing a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, initially, my nervous system was like, no. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It is not fun. It wasn't. But we, one of the things that I did learn is that we can change our relationship to failure. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a dirty word. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be, you know, this horrible thing. And that like not everybody in the world sees it the way that I do, that that was more about my own, Mm -hmm. my own trauma, my own lens of negative self-talk, like what I was going to make it mean afterwards. And that there's this place where we can develop a really, really positive relationship with quote unquote failing, which really just means like it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's where we learn a lot. That's where all of that happens. I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially doing this podcast and of like, you know, there's things that haven't really worked the way I thought it was going to work or I wanted it to work, but I wouldn't say I have failed yet. And um, then I was thinking like, what is that? Like, you know, normally like, oh, that didn't work. I, or I, I failed at that or it didn't do well. And so I just pivoted. I just like, oh, that didn't work. Let's do it this way or I'll try that or I'll do this other thing. And it's going to be a constant, you know, pivot until it becomes what it becomes. (laughs) And that's like the, the thing that I have realized um, through just different things. It's not like, Oh, you know, I just give it up on that, you know, and that I will stop and I'll be like, Oh, let me pivot and try to do something else. Or, I mean, a big one um, I can relate to is like, I've been on this health journey, probably like a lot of Mm -hmm. other people throughout, you know, it's been up and down and up and down. And, you know, I have quote unquote failed many times, um, but I haven't stopped or anything. I had just pivoted. I have tried different things. I've, you know, you know, not a runner, realized that did, you know, found CrossFit. So I, you know, I, I think that it's more like you like realize that, oh yeah, that's not going to work that way. So you try something different. And I think that's where you kind of learn the best or grow probably the, the most during those times. Absolutely. You know, and I think for myself too, like I stopped, I stopped putting success and failure in these black and white categories. And Mm -hmm. because most of the time, like if you, if we try something, like if we try running, like mm-hmm. the idea that either it's like 100% success or like 100% failure, it's not accurate. There was probably something in there that mm-hmm. went well and some yeah. stuff that didn't. And like, I'll force myself to either do a list of like, these are the parts that went well and these are the parts that didn't to remind myself that most things aren't black and white mm-hmm. or like, I'll give it a percentage. Like I did a thing and it's like, okay, that was 23% successful. <laughs> Right. And, and I'm going to have to tweak some things to get to hundred percent successful if that's where I want to be at. But it's like very few things are a complete and total fail- failure. It's like, Oh, okay. Maybe that was a 65% success. Mm-hmm. And like, and now I'm not going to leave it there because I want to take that information about what didn't work and adjust that and change that so that the next inter- iteration is better. But I just got rid of that black and white thinking altogether. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Like, what if it was, it was 65, it was 13. Cause again, some things it's like, well, that was 4% successful, but 4% successful is not a hundred percent fail. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's like hard to see that. And, you know, you probably can do a whole podcast on this, but like society really like does put that in that black and white, you know, you either fail or you succeed. And, you know, the successes are really great and the failures, you don't, you know, and so, and I think that that's why we put them in that black and white. That's why a lot of people put it in that black and white, yes. but there is just that lot of gray area. Absolutely. Gray area. Yeah. You know, and that was, you know, one of the things whenever we've been preparing for this episode, I think one of the mm-hmm. things that you had um, put on a, a question you might ask me was something about like a, a mindset tip or something with mindset. Oh, tip. Yes, yeah, but, yeah. but it's funny that we circled around to that because mm-hmm. one of the things I'm like, hmm, what would be a tip that I would give people? Mm-hmm. And this was one of them was for, for a lot of my people, there is this push towards within the personal development community of like, think positive, right? Or there's all or nothing thinking. And so much is black and white. And a lot of times for people, I don't even push to, can we be positive in this way that is not genuine to our actual experience? Most of us benefit the most from simply being more accurate about what our experience was. Oh, yeah. Because we do we do this black or white thinking. It was all mm-hmm. this or it was all that. It's like it was a terrible day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, was it? But how much of it? All of it? Every bit of it? Like, what was it? And just pulling back and instead of going to, here's this label, and then telling yourself that the right thing to do is to still do black and white thinking, but force ourselves to go all the way to the positive side. For so many people, a more accurate starting point or a more helpful starting point is just being accurate. And it's not, and some of it's kind of clinical and it, it's yeah. what is a true statement. It's like, okay, so today... <laughs> four things went well and six things went bad. And then you realize that's actually like a 40, 60 split and that's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But our brains want to make it so, so black and white. And Mm. I don't, I never want to tell people how they should feel. I think we do Mm -hmm. this too much to each other. It's like, Mm -hmm. we should feel this. We should be more grateful. We should be more thankful. We should be more Mm -hmm. positive. We should be, or, somebody, something bad happened. I should be more concerned. I should be more sad. Like we do this all the time where we tell ourselves our experience ought to be different than what it is. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe in letting our experiences be whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but catching when our brain tries to make it extreme, when it tries to filter out the positive and only focus on the negative, when it tries to filter out the negative and only focus on the positive, when it tries to make it black or white, when it tries to make it all or nothing, catching those cognitive distortions and just shifting to more accurate thinking. It's so much more accessible. Yes. And it takes a lot of the emotional charge out of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just find that a lot of people can access that, that better. Um, no, that's, 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 that's very good. And I, I, I do, I do agree because I mean, it's generally like, yep, today really just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, and that's how I feel about this week. <laughs> but really, if I look think about it, there are, has been some good. Now that you say that, there has been some very positive things. But yeah, the heavy things is what's like the well, hard, hard things. Um, to my my kids um, were 
two of my kids are supposed to go to summer camp and only one went. And so it was a very emotional, like, like frustrating, especially mom, now one's there and one's here and, you know, just all that. So that's what I focused on, but there has been a lot of great things that's happened but yes. you know, it's just been, I uh, like, if you would have asked me, I'm like, Oh, it's been a tough week. It's kind tough of, week. <laughs> yeah. right. right. And yeah. like, and that's, and when people say like, Oh my gosh, like focus on the positive. And we're, when it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, but like be grateful as a way to cancel out the negative, mm-hmm. then it, it's like really dishonoring of our experience. But I'm like, can we accurately say both? It's like, here mm-hmm. was this thing. And it was so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my kid was so disappointed and it was so rough and it was so t- like, can we own the truth of that? Mm-hmm. and here were these things that were positive and here were these things that were good. And the truth mm-hmm. is my week was 50, 50, or it was 60, okay. 40, or it was 70, 30, yeah. right? It was, it was both. Mm-hmm. And that's it. When we try to take a week of activities and put it into a category, mm-hmm. it's always going to be less accurate than if we give ourselves the freedom to let it be both at the same time. Yes. Yes. And I think that's like the key. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to do, but to have, you know, yes, that negative and then that positive. You got and the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not and not like both. oh, I sh- yeah, no, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be upset about that. So I'm going to go be positive instead. Not, I shouldn't be upset. It's like no, no, I am upset, and that's okay. Yeah. And I'm grateful, and I'm hopeful, and I'm frustrated, and I'm <laughs> all, <laughs> all of the things yes. because that's that's what being a human typically feels like. And as soon as we tell ourselves we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. for just having a really normal human experience. Again, it's that place where it becomes a weapon against ourselves instead of just being able to be like, this is the experience that I'm having and it's fine. Yes, yes. And I'm just going to be, be accurate fine. about it. Yes. It will be fine. It will be like fine. there's nothing wrong with being disappointed. Like being disappointed because like him being disappointed because he didn't, didn't go to camp, you being disappointed because he didn't go to camp, whatever oh, else came yeah. that like, yeah. Those it was are human more emotions. me being disappointed he didn't go to camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> He won that one. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I yeah. am tracking. I am now tracking with, yeah. this, with this situation. Yeah. He's and it's, so, it's so valid. Yeah. It's so it, valid. It, it is. It is valid. And, um, and I think that if you take away anything from this that, you know, you know, it, it is okay to have that negative thought, but there's also a positive thought. So let's like maybe weigh both of them. Yeah, and just give, and see, and yeah, see how that takes some us. Air time. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just give them both some airtime, like where yeah. we don't have to, we don't have to put our experience into a box. Perfect. And um, so I like to end um the podcast with a question. Um, you know, since this is the best of me podcast, what is something in your life that you have done um that has made you the best version of you that maybe someone can take away from? I thought about this. I'm like, there are so many things I could say. I just think it's a fun question. It's a fun question. It's a fun question. I'm going to go with the first one that came to my mind, which was sleep. (laughs) I, and I think this transition, like from having little kids, like younger kids, Mm -hmm. um, there were so many times whenever I was sleep deprived, not by choice, but because we were go, go, going and kids are up in the middle of the night. And I think, once I had the freedom to sleep more, there was a part of me that had a weird narrative of like, I shouldn't need that much sleep or I mm-hmm. should get up or I should be doing this. You know, it was all of these, uh, these things. Mm-hmm. 
but when I, or even like humans, you know, well, adults need seven or eight hours of sleep a night, Mm -hmm. like learning that a lot of people, especially if there's their body's been through a lot, especially if they're doing deep inner work, especially if they've had trauma in their past, that one of the most self-regulating things that we can do is get enough sleep. And that a lot of adults actually need more like nine, 10 hours. Like if we're going through a lot, like we need like 10 hours. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself permission to sleep nine or 10 hours, to not set alarms, to not make myself get up. And I've, I've made a lot of shifts in my life that have helped a lot. But when I gave myself permission to sleep as much as my body needed, which was a lot, mm-hmm. I was so much more patient. I was so, so much more able to deal with things that came my way. I, mm-hmm. I just, my thoughts were clearer. Um, the way I showed up in the world was more myself. And there were so many things that I'm like, oh my goodness, I struggle with this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh no, I was just tired. You're tired. Yeah. I was just tired. Um, I have a philosophy that I don't understand why like nap time like stops at the age of five. (laughs) Like we should still have nap time today. I love my naps. (laughs) Let's do it. It's so good. And I read something one time and it was like, um, Oh gosh, I'll forget the exact details, but it, they were talking about like concert violinists, like chair one violinists, right? Mm-hmm. Who they're playing music for hours and hours and hours a day. And they were talking about how much they sleep. Okay. They're sitting in a chair and just like moving their arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're not doing, it's not physically demanding, but it's so mentally taxing that uh-huh. it was something like that they, they do sleep a way more hours every night and nap every single day because of how much. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh, Oh, and like, and they need that because it's, it's Mm -hmm. so mentally taxing, like what, what they do. And again, this place where how often we have these shoulds about how much sleep we should need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, or there's just how much sleep that I do need. And maybe I don't have to figure all of that out. Um, but yes, I think I think if a person can nap, for most people, it's really helpful. Now, like, are there some people out there who need a less rest and more movement? Some, mm-hmm. but not. That's not been the experience of most moms that I talk to. Most moms just are struggling to let themselves rest because their inner narrative is. They need to be busy. They need to do something. The dishes got to be done. The laundry needs to be folded. The their list goes on and on and on and on yep. and and yep. um I a long time ago um you know leave the dirty dishes like sometimes I like I will sometimes if I just I'm tired I'm not going to do them tonight I'll do them in the morning and I thought I gave myself that permission I'm just not going to do it and I always said that if you're going to come over to my house unannounced there might be dirty dishes so you if you don't want the dirty dishes in the sink then you better announce yourself so but other than that I don't care (laughs) I I don't care and we like why do we need to like it's Mm -hmm. like the idea that dishes being clean is more important than honoring our bodies yeah um I don't know but I I think that's one of the things like with with motherhood like there 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 is a yeah there is a season Mm -hmm. of time Mm -hmm. when it doesn't matter if you want a nap. If you have a newborn that needs care, you're just not going to, Mm-mm. and you have to, right? Like mm-hmm. for that season, mm-hmm. 
there is a season when to a certain extent, we have to put some of our needs on the back burners to mm-hmm. make sure that this small human stays alive. Yep. Um, yep. But the problem is when that becomes a badge of honor, when it mm-hmm. becomes a habitual way of being in the world. When the season becomes the life and not yes, the season. Mm-hmm. Long past once it's served its usefulness. Mm-hmm. But, but it's hard because it's, it's a, again, it's a, it's a way that we see ourselves. It's a way that we're used to being mm-hmm. in the world. And I heard somebody say at one time, like where we have to genuinely detox from being busy. Mm-hmm. We're so used to being busy and then moving from that to restfulness there is a season, like there's a, a this in-between phase where that's so incredibly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. just like any detox is uncomfortable. Yes, yes. And, and understanding that, that that discomfort is part of what it's going to look like. If you've been go, go, going and you're learning to rest, there is going to be a middle zone yeah. that doesn't immediately feel good. Because we're all like, I've been going nonstop for 18 years. I'm going to like mm-hmm. rest now. And then we go to rest and it feels awful. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, uh, something's wrong with me. It's like, no, nope, yeah. no friends, nothing's wrong. This is, this is like a detox. You have yeah. to detox from the consistent busyness and learn a new way of being. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen overnight. Like just give yourself a little bit of time to sit in the in-between and the discomfort. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll come out the other side. It'll be fine. But and one of my just... biggest tips with that is just like, you know, you know, don't go from busy, busy, busy to like, okay, I'm going to just sit here for two hours maybe just sit for like five minutes or three minutes, you know, just like the like baby step it, you know, yes. like don't like, you know, even like my analogy earlier when I like wake up early to go walking. Cause that was my me time. Um, like if you can't wake up early, if that's not for you, um, I wake up early because, um, it just works better for my, but I'm also in bed by nine, you know? So I, it just kind of, works out um for my lifestyle but if if that doesn't work for you you can go walking at night or any other time or just set the alarm five minutes earlier not yes. an hour earlier just yes. little little bits at a time like it's that changing a lot easier absolutely yeah I love it and the idea that there's not there's not this right way it's just like what what is right for you and mm-hmm. even if you don't know what's right for you try it yeah and give yourself grace to figure it out. And yeah. maybe you find you are a morning person and maybe you're not. And, and maybe you're not. like, and it's totally okay for mm-hmm. there to be an entire season of just experimentation. Like, yes, I, I, I chose to be a morning person because my family was not, they yeah. all like slept, but now my husband is starting to wake up earlier. And I'm like, no, no, this is my time. <laughs> this is my time. Oh, I'm allowed. <laughs> Girl, I did that. I totally did that where I was like, I'm going to start getting up before my kids get up. And then my, I have one of my kids who was like a morning person and one who was like not a morning person. And like my morning, she kept waking up. She's like, are you already awake? I was like, yeah. And then she just started waking up and like, I, and then suddenly we're both awake and I'm just keep setting my alarm like earlier and earlier and early. And then it's like 5am and we're both up. I'm like, this is not working. not working (laughs) this is not working we both just need to go back to bed and try something else (laughs) that's funny so how can people connect with you learn more about your services um find you yeah yeah I've always got new stuff out so I mean you can definitely follow me on Instagram Mm -hmm. um just coach Lori Gray one word um website LoriGray.com um, yeah, those are the main things. Um, I do have a free community that is off both of those platforms. 
lauragray.circle.so that we can um, connect to. Like if you want to connect in a way that's off social media, because a lot of people are a little over the social media thing at yes, this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, but web, website and Instagram are the places I am the most active. And, and I'll put that in the notes and stuff for every everybody. And um, and uh, what I like uh, on Instagram is that your little videos that you do, they, they're just very quick and insightful and like makes you think in a day. And I do appreciate those. So awesome. well, <laughs> I like thank you for that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So awesome. well, I do appreciate you um, coming on and this is fun and I learned a lot and I thought this is great. So thank you. I had so much fun. It was so nice to meet you and so nice to get to chat um, about all the deep things. So thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. And good luck yeah. with all the rest of the podcasting. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Best of Me podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love it if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Again, I'm Angela Gap, and a huge thank you for tuning in. My dream is that you become the best of you and have some fun along the way. See you next time. <laughs>